What's up? What's up? What's up? Good to see you. Ah, uh, why can't I hear myself in my mic? Why can't I hear myself? Why, oh, now I can. Hey, hello, all. Hello, Linda. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Tell Me Something Good. A um, couple minutes, my dad will be joining us again for part two. Uh, as usual, just stopping in uh, ahead of time. Elijah and Jerome, congratulations to your son who's graduating this weekend. And Ray Ray and Samuel. Uh, let's go, everybody. Yeah. Hello, and for those of you listening, as usual, uh, when you hear me talking to people who aren't talking back, those are the people in the chat. If you would like to be a part of it, you can always go to facebook.com forward slash Josh Wolf Comedy. Uh, I bring you on the screen. I talk to the guests. You can talk to the guests, ask questions, all that other stuff. Um, and if you, yeah, Ferris, yes, sir. If you got a quick question, throw it in the chat there. Um, so, yeah, so if you, if you want to join in, uh, that's the way to do it. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Josh Wolf comedy. Um, as usual, comedian Josh Wolf.com for tour dates. I'm in Tampa this weekend. I am in Spokane, Washington the weekend after. Um, and I have a show in Nashville on um, May 16th, which is one of the bonanza extravaganzas that we're really excited about. Um, Jack, fuck off. I'll say whatever I want. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, I will tell you something else. Uh, if you have noticed a not on social media quite as much or oh, that Tom Cruise thing, not on, um, uh, so Ferris, I'm not getting into that on here. So it's not what this podcast is, but I appreciate you asking the question. Um, if you notice that, that I, I'm not on or posting as much, the reason that is, is because I'm enjoying my life. I find when I'm on social media posting a lot, I'm, I just find myself caring less and less. Um, so like if I, you know, if I'm on there a lot, I find I'm I'm not at my healthiest. So it's been interesting, but I'm really enjoying myself. I don't care so much. Um, if you've noticed that I don't post on TikTok, TikTok, TikTok anymore. I tried guys and I tried to care, but I don't give a fuck. That's the bottom line. I just don't. And it feels really good and it may not be great for my career. And I still don't care. I like that. I don't care. Mom, I cared a lot for a long time about likes and shares and and how many followers. And, and it's not as important to me, which is great. And all this, I think, comes with age. You know, when you're a young dude or a young person and you hear about people talking about when you get older, you know, I wish I, you know, youth is wasted on the young and all that. And when you're young, you're like, that sounds like an old person talking. That just sounds like an old dude who really wishes he was young again. I will tell you this. I don't. I I would rather be who I am now um, with the trade-off 
of what I've lost, I guess, from my youth. You know, it, it, it's so much more satisfying to be um, at peace with who you are. So, you know, that, that is, yeah, we only get this one life. Sure, sure. Quality, not quality, quantity, 100%, Joseph, you're right. I, yeah, I just, and and listen, I, it's such a crazy juxtaposition because I need social media to do my job and I need it to, you know, tell people where I'm performing and I like things like this. I like this and I love the high live. I love the podcast because it's just more just talking and life stuff and, and um, I generally have people on my podcast that I love and or that I want to speak to or that I'm interested in. And and um, I, I. Yeah, I. Um, I yeah, Ferris, you can say whatever you want. You're not going to bait me into any of that conversation right now because this podcast is about me and my dad. So you you can say I'm not brave or whatever, but you can try to go bait somebody else on their podcast. You know what I'm saying? Um, Look, Jessica, social media is bad for your well-being. You think you're missing something, but are you really? No, you're not. You're not missing anything. And what you're watching is other people's pretend lives. But what I would tell you is this. There are some people who really are super creative like I, I, when I was looking through those TikToks, I'm like, oh, these people are really creative and they look like they're really enjoying making content. And at that age, at that age, that's where my drive was too, of just creating, 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 creating too. And I don't have that same drive of just that nonstop. What are we going to do right now? Create, 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 right? I'm, I'm at an age in my life where I do want to create. I still love creating guys and I still love performing, but I also want to live. Right. Um, and so it's a, you know, it's that fine balance that we all have to walk guys. There's no, it's not any, it's not, it's not a coincidence that you're called a follower when you click on someone's page, you know, and that is very cult-like and that makes you feel important. You post something and then you check 10 minutes later, how many likes I got. Well, did you like what you posted? Then don't worry about it. Do you know what I mean? The people who want to see who who you want to see it, will see it. You know what I mean? But like, it's when you start putting so much importance on that stuff, it gets sticky. And then when you don't get the likes that you want, you take it as a reflection on, on you because you're posting generally people post things about themselves. So it's a real sticky thing. Again, man, I have found some of the funniest, most entertaining people out there, you know, on TikTok and Instagram and, Facebook and but I am not 
you'll see from here on out, there may go days when I don't post or post one thing or post something because I have to, or, um, but yeah, no, I don't think, I think TikTok is done for me. Um, and I barely tweet. I, I barely tweet. So, and I agree with you, Joshua. I think, I think, um, I think that social media is definitely become a detriment. You know, it started just like everything else. It's, I think it started out as a great idea. And then it's really become, yeah, Tom, that's my man. Yeah, I figure if you're going to do a podcast, you got to have the president of Hollywood behind you. And so that's why I have him just hanging. But I have cutouts of Miley Cyrus over there, Lenny Kravitz, uh, Matthew McConaughey. And in the closet, I've got Al Pacino and Benedict Cumberbatch, Khloe Kardashian, Ben Affleck, and one other person. I forget who. Um, you know, so yeah, but enough of that guys, here we go. Um, I, there's no way to know if it's frozen Travis, except that sometimes I move. Um, so, and guys don't get, don't get caught up with the person in the chat. Don't get drawn in. They go away unless you keep talking to them. You know what I'm saying? Who cares? They can chat it up. The thing to remember is that that person, you're never going to meet in your life and may not even be that person. They may just be some person who's in the chat as two people and just trying to drum something up. But if you waste any of your time or energy getting angry at somebody who's just posting some stuff in the chat, you're wasting your time. You're wasting it. You're wasting it. You know, who gives a fuck? And this is not a knock on that dude or whoever that whoever that is, you know. Um, this is not a knock on I it's clearly something that might be important to him. It's just not, and it's a very interesting topic, and one that it will be could you could debate for the next thousand years because they've been debating it for the last thousand, but we're just not going to get into it here. That's all. So there's no reason to get on that person. Let them post what they let them. He asked me, I said, no. And we just move on from there. Let's move on to what's more important. My guest on today's, uh, my guest on today's tell me something good. Um, I think might be our very first repeat guest we um yeah i have nick cage um chris i have a nick cage sequined pillowcase but i don't have a cutout nick cage um the liquid death is out in the refrigerator i should go get one but the our first repeat guest on tell me something good and um joseph if you send me a cut out now it's got to be life-size if you send me a cutout of yourself i will 100 percent chance display it no doubt about it just show it to me i'll send you the address where you can send it and let's go that goes for any of you any of you 
who want to make a cardboard cutout of yourselves, I will gladly display them. But don't send me no pop-up. I want a real deal. You better send me a real deal. Uh, pants on, cardboard cutout. You know? Um, the other thing I would say is this, and before I bring my dad on, just one last thing. I know a bunch of people saw me out last night um, and been asking me about masks and all that, where, my, where I fall on that. And I can tell you exactly where I fall. I fall on this. I will follow the law of the land wherever I am. And then if I feel like, man, that's not enough for me, I think I'm going to mask it or wear gloves or whatever, whatever I decide is what I'll do. So for me, I'm vaxxed. Uh, I feel safe. I feel super healthy. I'm going to follow the law of the land where I am. If I'm in a place, it's like, hey, you mask up all the time and, you know, it's super strict. I'm in for that. If I'm in a place that's a little looser, I'm in for that too. Okay. That's just my stance right now. I feel, I feel pretty good. I feel very healthy. I understand that there are people out there who don't take it seriously. I've, I feel like I've taken it pretty seriously. Um, but that's just where I am on that. Uh, all right, here we go. My dad should be a cutout. Um, okay, everybody. Here we go. Let's bring him on. Oh, wait, I see. Is that my mom? In yeah. Hi, mom. Hi, hon. What you doing? I, Dad said to sit back here. No, they, well, you could. You chose to sit back the last time. Okay. Well, I like this. This time we're going, we've got a, there she is. Now, what do you got on the tray, mom? My coffee. That is a giant mug of coffee. I know. She's I drink giant. You gotta do something, you know. Yeah, she's. Uh, let you do it big. She may be a couple of weeks away from venting. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me ask now, Mom. No. What is? Do you go coffee black? No, I get a latte. And do you go at one hundred ninety degrees? I know you like it very, very hot. Very hot. And what are you like? Do you put the full cream in there? Are you a full cream? I, the latte? Yeah. Skim milk. Skim milk. I have really started to enjoy an oat milk. It's super sweet. Oh, nice. See, I, I, stay, I don't like things super sweet. Yeah, I know you don't. I know you don't. Your father does, though. Uh, I like an oat milk. Well, we know dad enjoy something super sweet because he enjoys the grossest candy of all time all day long i mean you dad you enjoy here put your hand up to the camera like this and pull it back there you go focused in dad my dad enjoys a candy corn everybody he's addicted yeah <laughs> you can be honest he's addicted I will tell you, Dad, the good thing about liking candy corn is that you had a bunch of stuff to eat after Halloween because no, <laughs> nobody wanted that. <laughs> and, and I'm at least, I don't go for it until it's prominently displayed for Halloween. Yeah. So there's a week of, of sheer indulgence. Is it only a week? Yeah. I have it in the car. So I can eat it constantly as I drive around. 
Do you really? Do you, you know, eat them one at a time, or you do you handful them in? Um, it depends. Whatever shows up in front of me, I put in my mouth. <laughs> you know, I um I had a real skittle issue for a while. Ooh, I don't, never tasted them. What? Yeah, Josh loves skittles. You've never tasted a skittle? No. Huh. Now, when we were going trick-or-treating as kids, we went out by ourselves. At a pretty young age, I think I remember 10-ish, maybe we were out by ourselves. It was pretty safe where we lived. Yes. This, over, just, oh, this is not a this is not a judgment. I, yeah, I was just curious. Are you keep moving mom over? Yeah, no. he keeps moving me over. Yeah. I gotta wear a water now. Can can I if if it, okay. So you let us and everybody kind of let their kids, right? Mm -hmm. Which was more indicative of the times. Yeah. Ooh, no, like, do you think people are a little overboard now as far as protection? No. Do you think it is? Because um, I don't think there are more dangerous people. I just think we know about them now. Like, when we were growing up, there was no website. You know, if you can, you move into a neighborhood, Dad, you can Google where the sexual predators are in your neighborhood. Oh, yeah. So Maybe you're talking to a superintendent right. when you deal with parents. Right. So do you, like, where do you fall on that? I, I can tell you where I fall. I fall, I, obviously safety is is good. I think taking away some of that independence and adding hmm, a strong amount of fear into your child's life is not always the best. I, I think when you grow up scared, you grow up with anxiety. Um, it also, if you grow up not thinking that you can handle things by yourself, like you just, I, I, while at the same time, you know, obviously, if you can know where the sexual predators are, I think I would probably want to know. At the same time, kids obviously should wear helmets. We didn't have to wear helmets. Like, where do you lie on all that? Where do you fall? So, um, when we lived in Amherst, the town, no, not Amherst, in uh, Kennebunk, the town set apart a place where the kids could go trick-or-treating. An entire street. An entire street. And then they raised money. We contributed money. So the people who lived, unfortunately, there, they liked it. And, and, and it did, they didn't make money, but they, you know. And, and here, where we live now, it's pretty safe. The parents walk around with the kids. Yeah. Um, but they're cul-de-sacs. Um, the first the year I was, we were here, um, I, I don't know who told mom that there are a lot of kids. And I said, a lot of kids. Okay, I'm 50. Yeah. Um, there were probably 100 kids that show up in this cul-de-sac. But dad, blocking a street off in Kennebunk is not letting the kids go trick-or-treating by themselves. Right. I mean, there are streets that are blocked off even in L.A. They would block them off and and 
kids would get bussed in because it was bigger houses and wider streets, but the parents were still there. Like, do you think, do you think, I mean, I think people are, parents are scared because if they, if they let their kids go trick or treating by themselves, they're going to get like shamed. Do you think we're, we are at a point where that just, if I'm 10 or 11 and I'm with five other kids that I don't, I shouldn't be able to go trick or treating or is there an age like 13? Where do you like? There's a kid. And if the kid is 10 years old um, and, uh, you know, bumps into stuff and trips and um, you would like to, go along with that kid or maybe a whole bunch or maybe parents say um, uh, we got four families here we'll take it this year you take it next year yeah um, and I don't know you know from what I see outside my door is parents are making different decisions about kids that are allowed out and kids that are not yeah I mean out by themselves we went out by ourselves but you know it was so different. Um, but, but, yeah. but do you think it was so much safer or do you think it was like safer? Do you know, like, do you know, is, is there just so many more depraved people now or do we just know about them? We do, but um, we, we lived in, and mom lived on streets where it was dark, normally dark at night. Yeah. And the only trouble we had was police uh, following up from pe people's call about the tricks rather than the treats. Yeah. So, I, it's, I think I'm punting on this one, but I think it really does depend upon the kid and the neighborhood. Um, yeah, I don't think that's a punt, Dad. I think that's. I think a lot of people in the chat are saying the same things. It depends on the area and and who your kid is. And I would agree with all that for sure. Yeah. You, you know, you you know, once it starts around five o'clock here, you you know, you don't drive down our street. There may be twenty five, thirty kids, right? You know, running across the street. Um, what I see way more. Um, than I remember is, and you know, your kids as well get dressed up for Halloween. Halloween. I Wait, went we, out dressed up. we dressed up for I, Halloween. I went out trick or treating with whatever tricks I was going to do in some sort of bag, you know, and then I could, you know. I Wait, when you were growing home. up, you didn't wear you didn't wear a costume when you were growing up. No, we didn't wear costumes. What? Neither one of you went out and trick-or-treated in costume? I don't know about no. mom. Never. But we just didn't go out. We went out trick-or-treating. As I said, the only issue that a bunch of us had was one year, you must have seen us coming, people called the police, and they were out in patrol cars Wait. supervising our activity. What kind of activities were about to go down where they felt like they needed to call the police? Well... There were books. there were paper bags filled with excrement that got lit on fire. Wait, you lit bags of shit on fire? 
and waited to see the, the person put it out with their foot. Oh, no, I'm aware of the joke. I'm not saying I've never done it. I'm just, I actually should not be surprised that you did that. You have a definite mischievous streak that I don't think gets acknowledged enough. But I did, you did. <laughs> I definitely, that is not a huge shock to me. So, what were the things that you guys, what were the pranks you guys were doing? We did that. We marked stuff up. We threw, you know, eggs, uh, any eggs that we could get out of the house. Yeah. Did uh, you ever throw snowballs at cars? That, you know, that's, I sort of stopped at that mostly because I didn't want to hit the window. Right. Um, and I really didn't, you know, that, that to me, even some of the, that our group didn't do that. Okay. What we did do, which was dangerous to ourselves, which gets done all the time now or not, but when it snowed, we'd sometime uh, grab a hold of a fender and get a ride. You know what? We did that in Amherst too. And so for those of you listening or watching and who don't know what this is, so we would grab old lunch trays from school. And when a car stopped, you would grab the bump, the bumper, and some people rode on their knees. I always went on my feet and you crouched and you on the side of the car and you had the car pull you. Now you learn hard the first time not to ride directly behind the car. Oh, we, <laughs> yeah, now that, now that you mentioned it, I wish, I wish it had been more widely spread that you know why you did that on the side? It's because you had our generation who learned. Yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. You learned the hard the first time. When that brake stops, you don't. <laughs> Buzz, Buzzy's, Buzzy's, older bro Buzzy's older brother broke his leg. Whose older brother? Uh, Buzzy. Buzzy lived next door to us in Gibbs Street. Buzzy and Jerry. Hey, what was his real name, Buzzy? Roger. And so Buzzy no, Roger, 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 the older one, broke his leg. And and that I don't know how long we had done it, but that was the last time that we did that. Yeah. Anyway, that usually whenever somebody breaks a bone, it usually ends whatever yeah. activity that is. We used to the other thing we used to do is we had a playground um, next to the elementary school. They blacktop the playground. They had a couple of tennis courts. But the playground, which was larger, sloped up for some reason. So it was blacktopped on the surface and then sloped up. It was about a uh, three or four foot slope. We played roller derby in our bikes on that. Um, roller derby? Well, bikes, bikes. Yeah. Um, so you were you running into each other? Well, that's a, that's what happens in roller derby. But I'm assuming not a whole lot of helmets and knee pads and elbow pads no back helmets, in the day. No knee pads. They weren't even for sale. Okay. Yeah, they no. weren't for sale, huh? No. <laughs> anyway, so, so and 
<laughs> we we were pretty. We had a we had a good thing going, um, and fluke. I don't know. Somebody broke his arm. You know, because there were a lot of collisions. Dad, that's not a fluke that you were riding full speed into each other with no protection and somebody broke their arm. That's not a next next to each other. If you were next to the other team, you might get pushed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not that doesn't sound like a fluke to me. That sounds like something that's probably going to happen. Well, it did. And but, you know, it takes. What's the most? Something to happen to somebody, yeah, before you figure out, oh my god, something really could happen, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we stopped. It takes it out of the you know what might happen into, oh, right, right. Right. What is would you say? mm, This might be the same question, or maybe not. What would you say is the most hmm, mischievous, might not be the right word, but like. What is the thing you've gotten the most trouble for? And what is the thing would you say that you did that you were like, I can't believe I didn't get in trouble for? Now, I'm sure there's there are no goats in your past, right? Like, oh, for those of you, by the way, for those of you listening, that sounds a little weird. You you can you can tell the story or your mom will tell the story. I think mom ought to tell the story. I think so, too, mom. Why don't you tell the story? You got to get a little closer, when though, you, mom. When you visited them in San Antonio, and the boys were not in their room, but they had their guests there. What? Come a little little closer, Mom. Come a little closer. Okay. Come a little closer. Here we go. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Tell everybody what you came, you guys came to visit me in San Antonio. I went to college in uh, a place called Trinity in San Antonio, and tell everybody what happened. I went to get you for wake you up in the morning, right? And um, there was a goat outside your sliding glass door, a little goat bleeding, I might say. Not bleeding as in B-L-E-E-D, guys. Right, for right. his mother. Right, right, right. That did it for me. Yeah. I didn't hes- I was gonna hesitate or knock or look for a bell. I opened it up and all these young men sleeping all over the floor and the couches and that wasn't you there. Yeah. Uh, I think I stepped on someone. I don't think you noticed. Probably. And found you in whatever bed I found you in. Yeah. Woke you up. Said there was a goat outside crying for his mother. You said, I know when you weren't up. I said, you're getting up now. You can let go back now. Uh, why do you have a goat? And whoever was sleeping near you said, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you got up because yeah. I wasn't going to stop. Why not get up? The 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 dean of students was not a fan of us having a goat. <laughs> we found out later. Um, do you know that they took that goat to a vet and get it? It got it. Uh, got a um, I don't know what a rectal checkup. Like it took. That was the reason we didn't get in trouble is because the vet was like, yeah, nobody fucked the goat where they're good. And I'm like, like, that is the only reason we didn't get in trouble because nobody fucked the goat. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) But yeah, that was the only reason. One beer away. (laughs) Somebody was was one beer away. 
Yeah, it, kind of crazy. Um, but so, Dad, tell me, wh where, 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 what would you say is your most mischievous? Like the thing, is there anyone you're proud of, or you're like that was a good one? And did you outside of Nana and Papa? Nana and Papa are my grandparents, his parents. Did you ever get in trouble, trouble, school, police, anything like that? Oh, well, you want to hear about the great Coca-Cola escapade? Oh, yeah. Where the That's exactly what I want to hear. Shit out of me. So this is Buzzy and I, yeah. okay? Buzzy sounds like a, a fun guy. Buzzy grew up to be a 6'3 All-State tight end. Ah. All right. In, in high school. All right. Um, was I, he a big kid? Was he a big? Was he bigger than you grew no, up? He was. He was my size. Um, even until we anyway. So it's it's um, the middle of summer and it is hot and humid. And we live in a row of apartments. Okay, and uh, for some reason or another, kids who could afford it went to Magana Camp. Um, Jerry's Jerry was working. He's older. Uh, Norm, who was about Jerry's age, was working. So just me and Buzzy. We didn't want to play um, stoop ball. We threw a ball against the stoops, and okay, that's a yeah. great in a uh, city game. So we were bored, and the Saturday before, or two Saturdays, whatever, Nan and Papa took Steve and me. Steve being brother to the new Coke factory, which is about two miles away on a pretty busy street, Starro Drive. Okay? Mm -hmm. And we had a tour of the Coke factory and we got a Coke afterwards. So I said to, I said to Buzzy, hey, he's, he, what do we do? What do we do? I said, hey, I got an idea. Let's take our bikes. And we went by car, the, the family, over to Starro Drive go to the Coke factory, this is Saturday, and take a tour and get a Coke. And he said, ah, I said, come on. Was it a free tour, Dad? Was it free? It was a factory and a dis distribution place. Okay. Okay. So, uh, it's so dry's got too much. So, I, you know, call them chicken shit or whatever we called people then. So we came, we went over, it was hot. And you got on Star Drive, and you know people are going 60 miles an hour and whipping up hot air in our faces. We finally get to the Coke factory. We park, get off our bikes, go in. And the first words out of the first person we see is, oh, dear, this is Saturday. We don't do tours on Saturday. Mm. So <laughs> uh, she... Um, she must have looked at Buzzy's face, and uh, she was thinking about giving her a Coke. But anyway, so we left, and we went through a door, and we got out into the loading docks, interior loading docks. And there are lots of Cokes in cases there. Yeah. And there's a truck driver, and he's going in the door. And I said, hey, mister, can we have take a couple? He said, take as many as you want. Oh, <laughs> so now we're bikes. We got pockets. Are these we, bottles, Dad? Are these Coca-Cola bottles? The classic seven-ounce bottles. 
Seven ounce bottles. Yeah, they were. That's what they were when they were the classic Copa. Can I ask one more question about the bottle? Was that a thicker glass? Yes. It yeah. It, yes. It's just, story goes on that thickness didn't make any difference. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So anyway, we put bottles in our pockets, any place that sort of could support a bottle on the bike. And we were holding bottles and driving. And and we obviously had picked too much. Every time we pedaled down, we're on store drive coming back, a Coke bottle fell off and broke on the highway. So we're going pedal, splat, pedal, splat, splat, until we hear the police siren in back of us. Oh, no. Oh, yes. So they say, come back with us. So we rode the bike back, still dropping cokes. We get back. They put us in separate rooms. They separated you? Oh, yeah. And, and, and the police and the weekend manager scared the shit out of us. I bet. And um, anyway, so uh, the great Coca-Cola heist is right. So anyway, we were, we're yeah. It's six ounces. And this is from 1940s. This is from the 40s. Oh. Oh. So we use it for ironing. Yeah. We get on our bikes. I think I called him a dumbass when he wouldn't come. And we get him on our bikes. He looks at me and says, great idea, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> and we did not talk for the entire ride home. And for a week, because I, if you were going to call out, I lived in fear of their calling home. Oh, what would Nana and Papa have done? Papa, I'm not so sure, but I'm pretty damn sure what Nana would have done. What would Nana have done? Um, no, I don't know what she would have done. Um, anyway, she was the disciplinarian in the house. Um, I believe that. Anyway, we never, Buzzy and I never talked about that again. Not even five or six years later. Really? Really. Which I can't figure out. Um, you know, but... We had a fiasco, Jonathan and I. Do you remember that time we we stole a bunch of stuff from the campus center store? Yep. And, and do you remember that the only reason you knew I did it is because at dinner, when Jonathan got busted, he was like, well, Josh was doing it too. And I was like mid-bite, like, what? <laughs> this was just you, man. Like, why, 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 why? <laughs> I was in the free. Like, why? Um... I remember that. Do you, do you know what? There was a guy in Cumberland Farms in North Amherst. I don't know yeah. if you guys ever knew this. So for those of you listening, right? I had no idea my dad was a coke smuggler, Dave. I did not. Um, so when uh, there was that Cumberland Farms down right next to Mill River. Yeah. Which was, I think next to it was like Gino's Pizza or sure. something like that. There was Matrobas down there. No, Matrobas no, was down there. The yeah. Yeah. Well, Watroba's was at the corner beginning, and then it moved to like a bigger. And Watroba's used to always give us those. When we were growing up, guys, my brother and I collected beer cans, and we collected like beer can signs, a uh, beer signs like neon. And Watroba's was always good for a sign or two. 
um, every now and then, you know, and but Cumberland Farms, there was a guy there who I had convinced it just run me a tap. I'll pay it like every six months. <laughs> How old were you? I never heard this. This is great. Collecting signs. If I was riding my bike to Mill River, I was probably 10, 11, 12. Somewhere, seems like somewhere around there. It sounds like something Jonathan would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I think, I don't think I was going to Mill River once I didn't play Little League anymore. Yeah. Feels like I wouldn't have been going there. Right? Right. Yeah. So uh, I 10 seems a little young, but 11, 12. Because I went in there, I think I was in there one day with Gary Miles. Well, I forget who. And I didn't have any money. And he had some money. So I was just like, I'm going to ask this dude if I can just pay him later. I go, hey, man. Probably didn't say, hey, man. I probably said, excuse me, or whatever. I said, I just held up a little. I, I wanted to start small, just like a pack of gum. And I was like, hey, my money fell out of my pocket on the bike ride. But, you know, I get my allowance. And if you let me grab this pack of gum, I'll pay you later. He's like, yeah, no problem. I, and I was at, at that stage sincerely thinking I was going to pay him back. But once I realized he wasn't writing any of it down, I was, I was like, no, I'm just. And you know the smart thing I did is I never, I, never, I never walked out with more than one or two things. So I was like, I had this down. I was like, this is the easiest thing. I always had a soda at Mill River because I could just stop by Cumberland Farms and be like, put it on the arm. You know what I mean? And he'd be like, okay, see you later. Every, I think he was just like, I don't, I work here. I'm an hourly wage guy. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not going to my question. after you. <laughs> Let me tell you one day I walked in and, uh, he wasn't there. Oops. And, uh, I was like, no, oh, look at this. Another sucker. Mm-hmm. And I go, Hey, I got the last guy. That was my mistake. I go, the last guy. You guys are frozen. I'm not sure why. Can you talk to make sure I can still hear you? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. As long as I can hear you, most important. And then the stream should be able to get back in. Um, But by the way, it's a great frozen picture of both of you. Here, you both look fantastic. A a frame never, a live stream never freezes where one person looks good, much less both people. But you both, you look like you posed for that picture. It's so good. I can't even believe it. Can you see it? Yeah. It's crazy. You really yeah. nailed it. Um, but uh, the guy said to me, uh, I go, hey, I don't know. I don't know you, but the last guy, you know, put it on the tab. And he goes, are you the kid that's been stealing one thing a day? And I was like, what? <laughs> I go, no, I haven't been stealing it. I'm, I'm, I'm paying it back. And he was like, right like right now paying it back or you're never coming in the store again. I was like, all right, well, we'll never see you again. And <laughs> That's great. yeah, it was a, it was a, it was quite a racket. I'm trying to think what other rackets we ran. Not too many. There weren't too many to run. Uh, I mean, we, Jonathan got us busted at the campus center, so I wasn't allowed to go back there. By the way, Campus Center might have been the first place I smelled weed. Uh, no, I take that back. Adam was the first place. I remember sitting in the living room next to you, Mom. And Adam, so I was probably 11 or 12. And Adam came in, and I just didn't recognize the smell. 
And I was, I remember asking him, what is that? And you were like, I don't know. You knew, but you were like, I don't know. Just, you know, I think you said something like he's just probably hanging around some of his friends or whatever. But I remember equating that smell of the campus center to Adam. At the close and the smoke goes up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When did you guys, where did you guys fall on things like that? Like you had to smell it on them coming in. But, but as a parent, like as I've gotten older, I've always wondered this with you all. Um, like where did you fall on? All right. He's obviously lying, but I'm not going to bust him. My thing with parenting is I don't, I can't bust you every time because I don't want that to be my job. I don't want it to feel like you can't come to me for everything because everything I'm doing, I'm always correcting you. I'm always telling you you're lying. So I always pick and I just pick and chose chose. I was going to pick and choose my battles. Now, dad, I'm, well, here's what I'm going to do. Why don't you log off and log back in? Because I would love to hear this answer, but also see you move. Yeah, I know. So are you. Yeah, yeah you're Ooh. both frozen. So why don't you go ahead and click off and then log back in? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we can see you move. Let's do that. Let's do that. Um. So, yeah. So just click off, Dad. I know you can probably still hear me and then log back in. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was fun looking at the frozen picture for a little while, but we wanna, we'd like to see them moving. You know what I'm saying? Now, I see some folks down below. Uh, oh, Ray Ray just dropped, but there's Heather. Oh, there's Ray Ray. I see you. Heather and Ty. There's Ty, Linda, and hey, Jeffrey. What's going on, my man? And Kate, you look frozen also. Um, and here is my dad. Yeah. Okay. There he is. Good idea. So tell me, um, where did you fall on that? Because I know there had to be times where you guys walked into the room and you were like, that was the worst lie I've ever heard. I can't believe he they tried that. And I say he because we were all boys, so it's an easy. I'm not pinpointing it on anybody. I'm just saying. Like, wasn't were there ever times where you were like, can you believe how dumb that lie was? Like, do you, can I, you know, to this day, the dumbest lie Jacob ever told me when his eyes came, he came home with his eyes red from being high. He was like, oh, he told me he was allergic to something that he's not allergic to. And I was like, you're not allergic to that. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, dude, the one person you probably can't tell that lie to is the guy who's taking you to every doctor's appointment you've ever had. <laughs> That's not the lie. But so what was your stance on that stuff? I, I don't know. Um, I think most of the time we, most of the time, I don't think we, we stop lies. I think it was a surprise to me to find out that Adam had been smoking, uh, doing, yeah, marijuana on the way home. Um, and, uh, like, did you guys know that I, that I was taking liquor out of the bottles? I wouldn't know that because mm. I never looked at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, you weren't big drinkers. So. No. So, I, we we had liquor in the house for people who came over, um, and for your we, eggnog. Well, that was a special purchase. My dad's eggnog used to get the entire neighborhood drunk off their ass. His recipe. It was Edie Sharp's recipe. Well, 
which that, we were only too happy to. I remember smelling it, Dad, and thinking, even at my, I was like, whoa. Well, it, I want you to know that I sold it as a breakfast drink because there were so many eggs in it. Oh, is that how you, you sold it as a breakfast no, drink? I didn't sell it. But, what, but what, yeah, you know, that's this, funny. This would be great in the morning. It was, I loved it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, Dad, I don't know if I know the answer to this, but Linda's asking, and I'm going to ask both of you, Mom and did, did either one of you, I know neither one of you as, you know, as a as a habitually smoked weed. But did either one of you try it, or was this something neither one of you were ever interested in? I try. I tried. Uh, I didn't really s tried smoking it. It it didn't do anything to me. Yeah. Um, I liked it better in brownies because there was a lot of chocolate involved. Yeah. Um, so that's why I liked it in brownies. Um, what years were you eating chocolate? Were you eating brownie weed brownies? Just once. Oh, once. Just once. And I found out that I did like it, but um, I did put my fist through the bathroom window. I don't know if you remember that. Wait, is that the night that you fell asleep or you leaned over the toilet and we had a window over the toilet and you put your hand through the toilet, the window? Yeah, I wasn't throwing up. I was just put the hand, my hand through the toilet, my hand through the bathroom window. By the way, to be fair, Dad, the window above the toilet is not a great location because the lean is not something that's crazy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was an Amherst. It was, um, it was the, you, I don't know if you remember every Tuesday or whatever night, um, during the winter fall, winter and spring, a bunch of guys got together and played squash. Yeah, I remember. I remember. And, and then drank afterwards. Yeah. Okay. So then at the end of the season, there was a banquet, which the guys had to cook. And there were two or three of them that just lied through their teeth. They did not cook. I did. Most of us did. And that was when some of us were trying to get somebody high. I forget who it was. And we said, well, they, they'll never smoke. None of us did. She'll never smoke or he'll never smoke. Let's put it in the brownies. So somebody made up a batch of brownies with marijuana inside. Yeah. The problem was, you know, my addiction to chocolate, I had more <laughs> than anybody else. So I came home high. And that's, <laughs> how, that's how the window got broken. Yeah, the danger in the edibles now, Dad, is that they truly do taste really good. So you're like, you, especially for somebody like me who enjoys a baked good, you're like, I'm just, I'll just eat the whole, and that's never a good. I am curious though, and Mom, I, I do remember you telling me recently about, and I'm just make sure. By the way, two stories you told me recently that I was really. Uh, little surprised by one that what was the um did you say you went to college with abby oh, abby okay. hoffman yeah okay and so how would you describe abby hoffman because i'm assuming most people who are listening to this don't know who he is 
I would assume so. I've mentioned Abby Hoffman to a couple people and they're like, I have no idea who that person is. If you're going to explain it, you got to get a little closer or you got to let dad do it so people can hear you. Do you ask the group was listening? Do you guys um, familiar with uh, the Chicago seven when they were the democratic um, they just had a movie about convention uh, was held there. And, and if you go from there to um, what reading about the riots or the police or whatever, Abby Hoffman was the leader in Cape Dagonia. Uh, says what your mom knew Abby Hoffman and the answer is yes yeah not only did my mom know Abby Hoffman <laughs> but I believe that okay and by the way dad I, you're, I think you're looking at the the private chat on StreamYard so you can't see most of the questions if you're not looking at the Facebook stream itself yeah. No. no. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're in the. I'm just looking at the private chat. Right. So the private chat. Most of most of the questions and stuff are on the Facebook page. You're in. You're in something called Streamyard, which yeah. is for the video people. Just just yeah. so you know. But you feel free to respond to any of those that you would like. Um, um yeah. mom. Yeah. You okay. also told me. You told me that Abby Hoffman. You were trying to study for a test once, and Abby Hoffman gave you a pill. Abby, by the way, was one of the easiest persons in the world to get to know. Everybody knew him. He was funny. He was bright. He was going to be a therapist of some kind. He was studying hard. He was a great student. And I was telling him I hadn't studied well enough for some upcoming exam. And did he know how I could stay up all night? Because I usually went to bed at about 7 or 8. Nothing's night. changed there, by the way, Nothing's everybody. Nothing's changed there. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, a, it's great for being a farmer, but yeah. not for being right. So yeah. I, he, he said, yeah, I can get you something that'll keep you up all night. You can just study and then you can stay up even in the morning and take it at some time. So I did. I had no trouble staying up all night. And I did just as poorly on the exam as I did if I didn't stay up all night because it doesn't improve your thinking any. <laughs> yeah. Or it certainly doesn't give you the information you need. That's what I learned. That's what I learned. You damn well better depend on yourself for things because these kind of whatever they were, uppers or whatever, they're not going to help you for what you. No, what they you generally do. They, they, I, I know that some people feel like Adderall. And he married a wonderful woman. Yeah. My what do you think it was? Do you think it was like a a, a a light amphetamine? Whatever uppers were. No, I think it was pretty common. He said it. A friend of his who was seeing a therapist for his depression, I think it was an antidepressant, whatever the extra things those, those pills do for you. You know, um, maybe, I don't know. The other story that I found fascinating that you told me was the, was the, you protesting in Cam at Cambridge Coolidge Corner or Cambridge Square? Coolidge Corner, Woolworths. That Woolworths wasn't organized. That was a national uh, effort, and I think the early organizers of SNCC, Student National Nonviolent Committee, very, very early and very important group for the civil rights movement, and they organized these sit-ins for Woolworths. Woolworths was an old nickel and dime store. What do you mean? Five and done. Five and done store. You could get anything there that didn't cost much money, and everybody did. Right. 
they had counters, they had ice cream counters, soda fountain counters, everybody went there. And we from school went among many people and marched in front saying, don't come in here because in many places in the country, they don't let black people sit there. But and mom, you were protesting, in the, you were protesting in the 50s. Nobody was protesting no, in the this 50s. This was late 50s, this movement about World War started. Maybe even 1960. I don't know. 59 or 60, it would have been. Yeah, I mean, that that is that's that's at the beginning of the civil yes. rights movement, right? Isn't that the beginning yeah, of the? It was beginning to be organized before that, and it was really picking up the pace. And Abby was right in there. And then, of course, the Vietnam War started, and that became his particular goal was to protest the war. And Can that, I ask? Talk about going viral. Yeah, that's what the civil rights thing did between among a lot of leaders. Can I ask you? And I, I and if if you don't feel comfortable answering this, it's because this is a. I don't. This is a question that might be hard to answer right now, especially in today's climate. So if you want to table it and think on it uh, until the next time we do this, but what would you say are the similarities and contrasts between the fight for equality in the 60s and how it was being portrayed in the news and how the country was accepting it and what we're seeing today now again this is a because of today's climate this is a question that i might be and people can this is an easy era to get in trouble so if you want to sit and think about that for a second that's cool. If you have an answer, that's also cool. What's the question? That's hilarious. The difference. The difference. By the way, Dad, this is for you, for both of you. Yeah. Can I? Um, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Linda, Mom did not eat the brownies. I didn't know they existed. Um, and uh, I'm not so sure. You know, as she said, what was what um, people took to stay up at, at that um, at that time. Uh, yeah, I I tell you, um, I can tell you a story. Um, it was sometime when we were at, at uh, living in Amherst, or maybe even in Newton. I was at a uh, human relations workshop and there was a black guy there and can you give me a time frame here dad a year maybe what are we talking when, when did we move to Amherst? 72 somewhere in the 60s okay okay or maybe early 70s anyway things are simmering and there was a black guy at this workshop um I forget why. Anyway, we wound up talking to each other. Um, and he, really nice guy, but he, he was very clear about the issues. And so he said to me, look, he said, supposing somebody's been standing on your foot for 200 years, um, how nice should we be to ask him or tell him to get off. So he was very 
you know, very clear. Um, and from my perspective, the 60s and what's happening now uh, are frustration points, points of frustration. Um, right. Where people, it's a boiling point where people are like, this is it. Yeah. It's almost like, um, well, I'm off your pinky and your fourth toe, but I'm still strongly on your th on your big toe. Right. Both times. The point is, um, point is that uh, we can't uh, begin to understand. There's been a lot of progress made, um, but right now, from my perspective, seems like we're taking one step forward and two steps back in some parts of the country. Well, Dad, I, I think the problem is, for a long time, I thought the pro I think the problem was a lack of information, right? You, you just had to believe what people were telling you, right? And now I think there's too much information. As a matter of fact, the biggest problem is if you and I disagree on something and I go, listen, let's reconvene in 30 minutes, go online and find your facts. We would both come back with the facts that we want to present. Do you know what I mean? And the biggest thing that I think we've we've forgotten in this country is that two things can be true at the same time. Well, two things, do you know? It's big, given where you're sitting or standing. Um, but my problem at this particular point is, uh, there's plenty of cancel culture, canceling culture going on from both sides. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing that, um, some dystopian writers and people talking are very clear, they want us to understand. And that is, um, if you control history, you control the future. If you control huh. the history that people believe, that means you control the future. And that's what canceling culture on both sides is will turn into. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, it's really, uh, it's really, um, it's really uh, crazy what happened when we all started expressing opinions. Do you know what I mean? Like it used to be, you woke up. I didn't know who that dude voted for or what they think. We were just friends. You know what I mean? It's funny. As soon as people started expressing opinions, everyone got their feelings hurt. Everyone got their feelings hurt. And it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I can only imagine what it's like from your perspective to have seen there's so many. Okay. Let, let's go back. So for me, like we're talking about the civil rights movement, but like there, things like walking on the moon, which is now being questioned. Right. But when you, when you were, did you watch the moon landing and were, was it at together? Yeah. With the kids. With the kids. And was it? Well, no, at least Adam and Dan were when we, uh, we were in, um, we were in Amherst. Uh -huh. 
Anyway, I don't know where we were, but we went down to a friend's house and we watched the landing of the moon and then we walked back up. Home. But what was that for you? Was that was that a mind blowing yes. like I what am I watching right now? Yes. It must have been, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because was the thought of space travel at the time was that idea of space travel did it come with a feeling of hope? You know what I mean? Like oh, like like uh I don't know if hope is the right word. Actually, I do think so because the, it was so unknown. And well, a lot before that, the first guy, Alan Shepard, who just orbited the Earth once, everybody was just aghast. We all watched it, and all the every classroom in America watched it. It was sort of everything NASA did was hopeful. It was hopeful, right? And astronauts were probably held in such high esteem. Tremendous. Don't forget, um, Kennedy filled us with hope, not much substance, but filled us with hope. Um, things look, you know, human beings walked around being very proud of themselves. But that's really important, you know, if I was going to have a president with not a lot of substance, and I'm, I'm, I've seen a couple of those, I would at least hope that he or she would fill me with hope because hope is something great to wake up to mm -hmm. instead of fear. Mm -hmm. You know, and the business right now is fear. That's that's the business that sells. Wow. And so, so when you guys, and by the way, Dad, somebody wanted to know for both of you, did you go see any live concerts any live bands and did you was there any, any part and i mom i know the answer to for this for you but was there any part of either one of you that was like i'm going to woodstock i'm going what woodstock, woodstock. yeah no, we both went to woodstock <laughs> 20, 20 years after remember that yeah we visited woodstock. we made a cursory drive by the field yeah but did either one of you weren't live it, it, it doesn't strike me as you guys were live band people, right? First of all, we didn't have two nickels to rub together to even think about going to a concert right. or Woodstock anywhere. I mean, we, just, we didn't travel. How, but how did you guys, by the way, I, I, I don't remember feeling poor growing up, but I know we did not have we were money. Not Right. We didn't have discretionary cash, but we weren't poor. You right. ate well. You ate well. Yeah, the roof over you were never. You slept well. Yep. You had clothes. Okay. Um, Warm in the winter. And you had some people who came to all your, you know, baseball games and basketball games. Um, yeah, money was not what we had, but it's you didn't. You know, you. You didn't really lack for anything. No. Especially with that guy Cumberland Farm who No man. Hey, listen. Are you kidding me? I was I was stocked full of sodas. I started, you know, I didn't do what Gary Miles did. You know Gary Miles in junior high would bring gum to school. Yeah. And he would bring five packs of gum and he would sell each piece for twenty five cents. And the pack was only twenty five cents. Oh, Gary Miles was making that's, that's, that's a real value-added retailer. Oh, he was making bank. Gary was making oh. bank. Do you do you know? Um, and I saw a picture recently of Harry Miles uh with Gary oh, and Sarah. 
Yeah, they look. He looks great. He looks great. Oh, I, you know, I always liked him so much. He saved your ass a couple times. Yeah, and, and John. A couple and times. John. He saved me a couple times. Yeah. Uh, but guys, Harry Miles was a uh, lawyer who came to rode in a white horse a couple times for me, lifted me up. I was like, let's go. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I uh, do you know what Gary's? Did you know what Gary's thirteenth birthday party? Um, Harry Miles let us watch a porn and the warriors. He was like, you guys are men now. We were like, we are. (laughs) 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 And he was like, look, I'm going to watch the warriors with you. I'm not going to watch this with you. And uh, we were like, it was, um, it was an Alice in Wonderland themed X-rated movie. Who was in the room besides you and Gary? Me. Okay. Mike. I bet you, Mike. No, maybe not Michael Connor at thirteen. Definitely Jimmy Camacho. Oh yeah. Feels like Jimmy probably would have been there. You know what? Maybe Mike's still at thirteen. I think maybe Mike and Gary had started to drift a little bit. I don't know. Um, but it was. I think there was only like six of us max. The Miles didn't have a. They didn't have like a, a huge place. You know. There were some heated Nerf basketball games though. Those games got heated. Yeah. A lot of fun, though. A lot of fun. We had a Gary's house. Yes, I. I, looking back, I feel so lucky to have grown up in Amherst. Yeah. I feel. How did you guys? I mean, Amherst chose you, or you chose Amherst. We chose Amherst for Daddy's graduate school. Well, that's why we went. So we went to that graduate student. Yeah, I know. Um. It, we, we, we were lucky. Yeah, we were lucky. Uh, it, what it, it, we wound up in Amherst. Yeah, but we we wound up um, not. I wound up not doing the program that we were originally going to do. Yeah, to move to Amherst. Can I ask, Dad? I, I don't. Were you? There was a period of time, and I could be remembering this incorrectly because I am, I don't remember a ton of, and I've talked to mom about this, probably pre 15 years old. I just don't remember a whole lot. But I do remember like feelings or like, oh, I feel this is how I kind of felt around this age. Um, but were you, was there a period of time? Because I know there was a period of time where you were working on your dissertation, but not working was there a period of time where you just because i can speak for me i can think of a period of time when the kids were at the house where i just was not a happy dude was there a period of time a stretch there am i remembering this misremembering where you were just like not the happiest guy it wasn't a question i get sort of trapped in a um you know digging my own hole yeah it was working uh, for uh, doing the dissertation stuff, but I could have been working, but I wasn't. Um, and uh, when you say trapped in your own hole, Dad, you mean like you, you, you're, you made your own. Sure. Right. I take responsibility for that. Um, when I, you know, I say I consulted, but I consult. Consulting jobs were few and far between. Um, the things that did happen 
uh, were that um, I got to pick a dissertation project that really helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, how did you, how did you, uh, and I'm curious, I can tell you how I did, uh, but when you weren't, and not happy is, is the, is the only, it's like at the blunt way I can say it, disappointed in yourself, not feeling good where you were in your life, whatever it was. And I can say for me, like, because I think, uh, you know, we're people, everybody's a person, right? Sometimes people also happen to be parents at the same time. And so you have to manage your personal, uh, feelings so it doesn't bleed over into everyone and everything who also are coming across your path and so i would say there was a period of time there for me where i was the way i dealt with it with the kids was i just it's i never i never was never present, right? I was out because just, but I really tried to make myself a little more scarce because I was like, I don't, this is whatever I'm feeling right now. I don't want this to be, you never know what memory your kid is going to keep. I, you never know what you're going to say, what sticks. And it could be the good thing, or it could be that one bad thing where you, they are like, we well, remember 20 years ago when you told me, and you're like, no, I don't, I don't remember that, but that's what they remember. You know, so I tried to keep, I tried to stay, I still set up activities and stuff, but I was less involved. Did you, was, did you have like, was there a thing where you were cognizant? You're like, I should, I'm not in a headspace to be doing this or doing that. Did you ever go through that? Whatever, you know, I coached you guys, yeah. all of you. Okay. Um, I coached the women's squash team for a year. Uh, I was present in terms of um, the intellectual atmosphere at the, at the school of ed, um, but I was cognizant is that I wasn't working. Right. But the the um, athletic director at Amherst made sure that uh, when the women's coach left, I got the job. Okay. We consulted rent seldom. Um, and mom, you know, was what kept the family fo- functioning in terms mm-hmm. of being able to eat. Uh, um, can, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think, and mom can be. Mom, can I ask a question? When your partner is. It- is experiencing something like that. Like what, what was your, how did you handle that? Like when your partner is experiencing that and you know, more than obviously the kids. And so there's a tight rope. You're walking with your life partner where you're like, you know, I really need to make sure that this per do what I can do to help lift this person up. But at the same time, there's also these four little people who, you know, I am also responsible for. So where's the, where's that type of, where's that balancing act? How did you walk that? Well, I don't think it was easy for both, for either of us. Right. Um, and our schedules and our individual lives were so different because my working full time on campus meant that I missed 
a lot of what I would ordinarily be responsible or partly responsible for in terms of the kids. I couldn't be there when you were coming home. Um, I could bake on the weekend for that week. Yeah. By the way, mom, your coffee cake is still the best. <laughs> Guys, my mom's coffee cake is the best baked good you will ever eat. I think I've told you this Those a, a million times, but it's, it's like right. hands down. The best. Yeah. And I didn't know specifically about dad's. Um, what, what made me most, when I started to be aware of how dad might be feeling, um, was when I realized all the friends that we first made and dad still has when we first got to the graduate school area, um, all got their degrees in three or four years. And then there were six years for us and then 10 years for us. <laughs> yeah. so at some point I realized this, there's something else going on that I really don't know about, but I also know dad pretty well. And I knew if and when he was really, really wanting to talk about how he was feeling, it had to come from him. Right. If I just, it, all I could do was, um, the, all I thought I could do was um, be responsible for enough different things to take some of the burden off what he might be thinking or feeling. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, the whole process took quite a while, but he did get his degree and he's yeah. had wonderful work experience since then. People love working with him. Absolutely. And he's absolutely great at, jo at his job and a fantastic teacher. There, there's also dad, there's a point in my life where I remember you being more free with your emotions. I remember growing up, not as, but as we got older, you really became more free with saying, I love you and just felt more connected. Was there, was there something that you can remember happening in your life or was that just an age thing or what do you think that was? Um, if, if I were to ask you, Let's put it this way. Uh, there's a. The, I am by nature an introvert. Yes. Okay. And um, so that hasn't changed. <laughs> what has changed, um, and it's been a long time, you know. You, when you were talking before uh, we we went on air, you were talking about your change and what you what you accept, and and I would say that um, if you are always fulfilling somebody else's expectations of you or what you think they are. Um, that is going to be very hard on you. Mm -hmm. uh, if you understand who you are, okay, um, there's this, uh, the United States sells all of us, or at least tries to sell all of us, is there's this certain things that we should do 
if we want to feel proud about who we are, mm-hmm. respect who we are. Um, and um, I cut out this article a long time ago, not a long time, maybe six or seven years ago, um, called The Pretty Good Life. And most of us, uh, once we can get rid of the rule that he, he or she he or she who dies with the most t-shirts wins. Mm-hmm. Once we can get over that, um, we can look back and we can understand, our, you know, accept responsibility for our choices. Uh, the one thing I would say is I came to Amherst um, and all my worst fears about graduate school or by fears, I mean, what are we doing wasting our time here? Mm-hmm. Uh, once I got over that, uh, I actually found some something to write about or to do in terms of my dissertation that really energized me. Hmm. Yeah. Which um, learned a great deal. And I think from that moment on, um, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. I, you know, finished. I got a great job. Wasn't that a lot of people didn't apply for it? Um, the, the I remember when you got that job in South Hadley. I remember I, that I remember very well, and I remember such a different feeling at the house. Yeah, there yeah. really was like a different. There was a different. And there was a, there was honestly, Dad, a side of you that I saw that I hadn't seen as much, less tense, just like like a just a, just like a weight, obviously, and for good reason, like a weight had been lifted off mm-hmm. of your shoulders, where you feel like I, I, and I completely understand why. I remember that so well. I remember the, and by the way, guys. You know, this is the kind of cash we're talking about. I remember when you pulled into that with that Honda Accord, and we were like, "We're fancy as fuck. We've got a Honda." Yeah, yeah. You want to come see the new Honda? Like we, I remember talking about it in school. Yeah, we got a new Honda, everybody. If you want to come over, check out the new Honda. I think it's got electric windows. Come on over, check the new Honda. There was a, there was a time when the only car was Danny's. Danny's Camaro. Danny's oh. Camaro. That was like this far off of the ground. Do you remember that? Are you, I mean, sure, that, was that mu- are you sure it was that much? <laughs> you couldn't go over a speed bump in that Camaro. To the ground. Didn't our neighbor down the street let us yes. use his station wagon every now and then? Because we didn't have a car for a little while. No. Right. Okay. Right. Um, right. They do. Gotcha. Yeah. No, not gotcha. People yeah. down the other bar street. Yeah. It, it was um, yeah. right. The kid that right down at the end, at the near the right. the bottom of the street on the right, on the same side of the street we were on. Yeah. Right. Now, mom, you know the one thing that I thought about the other day. Remember that wasn't it a World War One vet who lived across the street from us, Mister Ryan? Mister Ryan, and he had yeah. that trunk of World yeah. War One, like. That he left us, it was like the gloves and the jackets and all that stuff. And you were like, no war stuff. Let's get rid of this. But I remember thinking, that's a, a trunk full of 
and it had the big it had the gloves the remember the big gloves but they had the finger out for the pistol because yeah. it was so it was fascinating stuff jonathan has one of his trunks yeah. yes david dershon got the other oh that's right that's right those trunks i remember those trunks so well you know what else i remember is in the attic i remember going up in this the the hand-me-down clothes in the attic i remember because guys i was the youngest of four so most of those clothes had been worn three times by the time right. <laughs> by the time they got to me um now look i see some people down below what was my dad's dream car my dad i don't know if you had it did you have a dream car no um okay so guys if you're down below heather ray ray ty linda jeffrey kate yeah. i see you if you if you're down below and you have uh, a question for my dad or my mom or both raise your hand if you ask a question i will then just uh and guys if you have a question you're in the chat and you want to hop on Streamyard with us there it is so if you have a question just pop your hand up and i will uh click over to you okay all right um so yeah go ahead ty hey what kind of music would you guys listen to, listen what kind, to okay what kind of music so if you were listening to music what were you listening to folk folk music folk rock yeah like jerry jeff walker pete Seeger, stuff even like that before them, even yeah. before them john you know we, we when you talked about concerts i'm listening to um the concerts we went to cost us about two bucks for coffee we were in coffee houses listening to Joan Baez, yeah. uh, other people singing. Before she recorded be, anything. Before she recorded anything. Wait, you heard Joan Baez before she was recording things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When oh, she yeah. was at school at BU. Yeah. yeah. She went to school where? Briefly at BU. B I don't think she finished. No. Any, anyway, the, yeah. the, the, um, we went and we did go to what we did do. Um, when we were married, maybe not when we were married. There was, um, we went to plays and said, We're yeah, readings, okay, so there are free poetry readings, so we went to stuff like that, yeah. Um, and then our papa took us some to some operas. Um, can can either one of you think of a, a play or an opera or anything early on where you were like? Artistically, where you were like, "What?" Yes. Yes. For me, I can yeah. tell. Mum may be different. Um, those of you who major in English, this is a geek thing. Um, a guy named Emlyn Williams, who was an actor in England, um, came to uh, did a tour in America, a night with Dylan Thomas. You know, uh, people have done it with Mark Twain, um, the vagina uh, monologues. Monologues, yeah. okay. So, Ellen Williams came, um, and we both, and it has stayed to me this day, were, were mesmerized by Dylan Thomas's words, his stories, his poetry, but Ellen Williams had his voice down it was when thomas spoke or read it was bell-like it was so penetrating and that experience was 
truly electrifying for both of us. Interesting. And what happened five years later, he came back again, Edwin Williams, and he was an old person. He had he did everything he did um, before, but he wasn't Dylan Thomas. Ah, and it was so disappointing for us. It, but that was for me the most electrifying. And then I would, I don't know what Mum says, but second one was the E. e. Cummings. E. e. Cummings was yeah. was the Fantastics. Yeah, is that what it was for you too, Mum? Fantastics was you, wonderful. You mean with uh, Emlyn Williams? No, no, the Fantastics. Oh, that's a play. Yeah, like the original play. Yeah, when Jerry yeah. Orbach. When you know Jerry from, Orbach. That you know from um, L.A. Law. Not yeah. Law. Yeah. No, Law and Order. Law and Order. He was. He was. It, El Gallo. He was the lead the, the, singer. The, the, and the commentator. In the fa original Fantastics. Really. And, uh, and it was the, amazing. And the other thing that was I really liked was um, the MIT math professor, his concert, Tom Lehrer, his, his concert. He was, he, for we those of you who are listening, none um, of that cost us any money. <laughs> for those of you who are listening, um, we would highly recommend um, getting a hold of Tom Lehrer singing his uh, satiric uh, songs. He was a math professor. He was a math professor at, at MIT. I, I, I have to ask this, and I've always wanted to ask you guys this question. And it, it's, I mean, I know part of it is because I'm your son. But my style of humor, which is super juvenile, is not exactly your wheelhouse. So, like, I know you guys enjoy my shows, but like, do you know how it's so different than anything that you would seek and find or for your personal entertainment? Let me tell you, and I think mom and I feel the same way. When we met Cable Guy. Yes. We walked out of there astounded at how intelligent he was yeah mostly because when you look at his humor um, you don't see the mind behind it and the and the impressive thing if he goes for an hour and a half he's got to have x number of 379 punchlines dad yeah okay for and he's got to be able to order them according to the crowd. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. When I look at you, your humor, from my perspective, is way more human. You tell stories and your perception of what's going on in the story and what is happening emotionally that comes across the same time is what has people coming up to you after the show and telling you 
boy, that happened to me or this. So I don't consider, I, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I would have defined your humor as juvenile, but perceptive, Mm -hmm. okay, and funny. But now, from my perspective, I could listen to you because you approach, you you are a, a real storyteller. I really do try to be. Thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate that. So um, we love your shows. We love, you know, we, the um, trip to Las Vegas with the world. Okay. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. In the, um, I'll wrestle you. Yeah. Um, both of those stories have changed. Um, they were told in, in the beginning, okay, for the, you know, the punchlines. Mm-hmm. They're told now for the humanity of it. Yeah, you know, that's true. The difference between me as a storyteller now and then is that I want you to take the journey with me now. Exactly. And uh, I also used to tell my stories at a 10 the whole time. My energy, I mean. So if for those of you who hadn't, who just see me, have seen me in the last six or seven years, if you caught me before then, I walked out of the, out on the stage, shot out of a cannon energy on a 10 i told that story on a 10 there was no there was no journey it was this we were going on a rocket ship ride for an hour and i was gonna keep that you know i had a friend of mine greg garcia and greg guys greg created my name is earl and raising hope and yes dear and any number of tv shows and he said something to me he goes man i really enjoy your comedy now and i said why he goes well you're not yelling at me the whole time I said, what do you mean? He goes, you were so excited when you used to do comedy. Your voice was at a 10 the whole time. Your energy was at a 10 the whole time. And he said, I'm just at an age where he said, I'm sure that works for some people who are younger, but I couldn't have you scream at me. I I didn't, I liked your material, but it was too much. It was too much. And he said, it just wasn't enjoyable to watch because nobody talks like that all the time. And it was, that's the, the, maybe the biggest change. Right. And with that, um, you take what we've just been talking about and take that back to the opening of this podcast and what you were saying. Yeah. And then you can understand the direct line. Yep. Um, Yep. Um, Now, I have a couple of questions here in the chat that I'm going to run through. How long, how many years have you been married? 61 this year. This is... I think going to be, and by the way, that's amazing. I see you, Linda. I'll get, I'll get down to you. I'll see you. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to answer this question, but I'm happy to ask it. Favorite family memory? I don't, I don't know. That isn't how we think. We don't yeah, think. I know. It's not. That's why I know you guys couldn't answer that. That's not a... Right. I, I knew for sure you weren't going to answer that, but I wanted to ask. We don't have an answer. Right. 
I, I can tell your people who are listening. Um, I've had a conversation with each one of you. And I can, if you're interested in yours, I can tell you. Sure. But I've I had, mean, unless, unless one of theirs is a better story. <laughs> no, they're not. They're all. You don't think like that either. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> they're all remarkable. Each one of you has said to me or said to us, I am responsible for my choices. Yeah. Yours, the one I remember, we are out in the luxury apartments. You for those of you that's in Los Angeles, that's the first place where I lived. Um, and there was a period of time there uh, when I was single raising the three kids. And Jonathan was in the back room. Jonathan was in the back room, yes. Um, and we are walking Bud at around 2 o'clock at night. Bud was my St. Bernard, guys, who also lived in that apartment with us. <laughs> there was, do you remember that when he would shake his head, his drool would hit the ceiling yeah. and it would just hang off of the ceiling? <laughs> and I was just like, I didn't want to be near Bud when he, when he shook his head, man. The other thing is, about Bud. Um, Bud took mom for a ride. Yo. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, for a uh, water ski ride. Yeah. Water. <laughs> and a little exploratory. He was interested in a horse, apparently. Yeah. yeah anyway, we're walking in. Um, we are talking about your situation. And I asked you a question. And your answer was, no, I'm not going to do that. I am responsible for my choices. Whatever the backstory is, you can, you know, fill it in for people or not. Right. But I remember thinking about that and saying, I'm very respectful um, for people who are willing to take responsibility for the choices they make. And that and was that the conversation, Dad, where I did have a conversation with you about the situation I was in mm -hmm. and that I now I was newly single with the three kids and that at what point do I this dream of yours? which is something you guys have always supported a hundred percent now involves three young people. And how long do you keep doing that when they're going to start needing some shit? You're going to need money. You, this is not something you can struggle like this forever or you can, but it's a little more, I'm not sure you use the word selfish, but it's a little more, you know, now that it's not just you, you have to pay attention to that. Was that the same conversation? No, the, the, the conversation from my perspective was, um, I knew you were going to have to struggle with that. Yeah. But I also knew um, that, that your situation 
with Malia was, you know, around your neck. Yeah. And there was no way you could deal with a prior one. Um, yeah. And um, so I asked you about that and you said, I'm responsible. You know, that was the one. Yeah. I, I, I do. Um, I do feel that that is something that the, all of us got from both of you. The, that there's, it's not a coincidence that all four of us said it. And, and um, it's a hundred percent something that we got from you guys, because I, it's something that, that you both made sure we knew was important. And I do think it's important. I think, you know, a huge problem right now is that nobody's accountable for anything. Nobody. <laughs> nobody is accountable. Nobody. It wasn't well. I mean, it's always somebody else and I did or whatever. Yo, you did it. You did it. All right. Let me ask a couple more questions. You know, I knew this question was going to come up and I'm going to put it right on the screen so you can see it. But Dave wants to know if you, you ever ordered anything off the TV while babysitting Jacob. <laughs> That's that joke about Jake yeah. still hasn't admitted that he ordered the porn. Right. Um, the answer was the answer was um, I know, it was an easy no. I mean that you know he stayed up later than we did. He, exactly. You know, he, was, he outlasted us. So whatever went on, we didn't hear it. Would we have turned it off? No. Uh, I don't know. I think yeah, but maybe Mom and I. Yeah. Um. Okay. So is there anybody down below? Uh, Jeffrey, Kate, Linda, Ray, Ray, Ty, you already asked a question. Jen, Laura, Heather, Kate, you have any questions? Kate, yes, Kate Tagonia said, I have a question, please. All right. Look at that. You're muted, Kate. Okay. There you go. Hi. I just wanted to know what your favorite memory with Josh, like as a child was. Like, what are some of the cute things he did? Oh, um, thanks. You know, for us, I can tell you, what some of the surprising things he did, but um, having Josh is just the complete, you know, favorite. And we, we don't, we can't think about that, but um, there are two things, uh, both of which lead to this moment. Um, the three boys, and I may have said this earlier, the three boys um, prior to him would have nothing to do with being on the stage. Not even because when he was in elementary school, the sixth graders did a um, Gilbert and Sullivan yeah. production. Uh, I believe it, my name in that play was Cyril. I have no <laughs> idea what it was. Princess Ida was the play. That's right. Oh, was it Princess Ida? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so the um, the three boys would have nothing. Go on the stage. What are you doing? So. Um, I'm, we've got baseball practice and Josh says, well, I got to do this thing at school. Um, and I'm in a play and I'm thinking to myself, you must be a stage hand. That, that, that might would be typical of, of the other three. It turns out that he's got a lead in the, in the Ida and he's singing and the solo yeah, <laughs> home. And Wait a minute, he had a standing ovation. That, that's right. Well, I'm talking about the the 
<laughs> the practice when I first saw him, I'm saying, is, is he Mike? Is he our kid? Um, anyway, uh, he gets home and I say, uh, and the six of us are sitting around the table. And it's the first thing that the other five of us knew that he was that involved was when I went to pick him up after practice and I saw what he was doing. And um, I said there was some wonderment. And there was, you're kidding me, you're kidding me. And I said, and he's really good. Um, so then, I was scared to practice my solos at the house because, listen, I, I don't know if anybody grew up with three older brothers, but they weren't going to be nice about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I was like, let me keep this under under the under the covers for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I figured that out. Yeah. I, and, you know, and the other one in the same is I think I said this last time. When I got back from work and and mom is zooming around the kitchen putting food on, what's the hurry? Uh, we got to get Josh over to the bar. Um, what was the name of it? Iron Horse. Iron Horse. Iron Horse. He's uh, doing a comedy bit, and uh, you know, and and when he came back, what was interesting about the kids, the other kids who didn't were scared to death, but when he came back. And it turns out that he's really good. They started to say, "Well, tell him about this. Do something." You know, do you remember that, John? Yeah. Um, yeah. When they, tell him when. Tell him when. Tell him when. Yeah, and they so, were all like, "This is going to work on stage." I'm like, "Why don't you do it in your act?" I'll tell you what. I'll let me stick with what I got. I, I, I um, I, it's so crazy. I do remember viscerally walking up to that stage for the very first time, thinking. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up and then I'm going to pass out and then I'm going to shit myself right. in that order. Well, I like, in no particular order. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing all three of those, it doesn't matter which way they pass come. Out has to be the last. Yeah. <laughs> but the other two. Yeah. No order. Um, okay. Anybody else down below have a question? Okay. Jen, go ahead. Okay. So look, I got, this book. What is that? Yeah. Hold that up again. Yes. These are the books oh. I found. Oh. I found. Look. It's got the look. What? I can't. I, I can't, can't see that. What is it? Tell us what it is. It's the bookie books that oh. I found in my. Remember, I told you I yeah, found it. Yeah, my... books. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like, wait here. Let me show you the. Um... I, those are hard to see. Oh, there it is. It's the baseball. Oh, oh Connie, Mack? Connie Mack. Yeah. Baseball yeah. did it ninety three. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, this is what I'm bringing to you on Friday. Look I at this. Can't wait to see it. Wow. Those are old. So, Dad, they're old bookie. Whoa, they're old wow. bookie books that she found. Yes, in wow. my in my house in Pennsylvania. Dad, Look. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a couple pictures of those and send them to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm right, I'm seeing you on Friday, so I don't know if I can talk to you or whatever, but I'll see I'm you on Friday. To you. you got hey, it. Hey, hey, Jen. Yes. Jen? Um, 
if, I don't know if you follow baseball, but Connie Mack was a manager. He owned the club. And even at 90, he was sitting on the bench in a suit, shirt, and top. I know that. And my father-in-law is like, he's so into it. And he tells me, and I showed him these books, and he's like, he's telling me everything about the books, but I know that you guys would appreciate it. So yeah. I need Thank to you. Uh, Thank you, Jen. Josh, bring them to you. You have okay, to on Friday. Friday, two days. Um, okay. Guys, uh, nobody gets kicked out of the stream yard, by the way. It I don't know why people get uh, like I'm not kicking anybody out. Just so you know, it just it's, is. Linda um, has a question for both of parents. Yeah, I, I got that. Now, anybody else down below have a question? Okay, this is Jeffrey. Hey, Jeffrey. Hey, 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 hey um, Mr. and Mrs. Wolf. Uh, I was just gonna say, you guys uh, said you liked folk music. Um, Gordon Lightfoot. Yep. Born in my hometown. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've seen them about a dozen times. Yeah. And uh, my family, I have an older sister and then three younger brothers. So uh, also had four boys growing up. I was the oldest, Josh. <laughs> oh, you were the oldest. Oh, you were that guy. I was. <laughs> <laughs> we know what that means. Oldest is a code word for asshole. Yeah. <laughs> no hand me downs here. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, we we had a couple of Lightfoot um albums in our collection. All right. It's awesome. Well, Jeffrey, always good to see you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Uh I, Jeffrey is a guy that has been listening to these pods for a while now. Truly one of the um mom and dad, one of the most interesting people that I've been lucky enough to connect with through all of this stuff i i um you know there was a period of two or three years recently where i didn't really hear from him and one of two or three people that you know i met through here and i i don't like referring to people as fans but just somebody who followed my stuff one of the two or three people that i noticed when he wasn't there i was like oh i wonder i hope he's okay because i know jeffrey you've had your own bouts with whatever we don't need to get into that but he's one of the few guys that i that when he started coming back around on these streams i was like oh, i'm really happy to see him back and healthy and smiling and all that stuff so jeffrey it's so nice to see you my friend i appreciate you joining us man um okay so yeah jake you can't click that link you got to put it in the uh in the bar there any other questions down below oh linda had one i'm sorry go ahead linda I wanted to know how long how, did you date? How'd you meet? And how long before you got married? Oh, Linda, wait, wait till you hear this. They were dating other people. Go ahead. Okay. So um, I think for both of us, um, there was a kid growing up uh, in high school, Charlie um, and, uh, and Judy. Um, and they both were much more social animals than either either of us and what it turned out for for two years was we double dated i dated judy in high school in high school and ellen dated charlie in high school 
And because Charlie and I were pretty close, we spent, Mom and I spent the weekend in cars together. Only if I was in the front, she was in the back. And if she was in the front, I was in the back. Wait a second. I have to ask two questions before I go any further. First of all, what type of car are we talking about? Like no, their parents' car. Nobody their parents' car. car. So your parents' car, parents. like an old Chevy or something like that. Well, it could have been. Yeah, right. I just don't remember. Okay, and what like when the four of you went out on a date? What does that look like? Are you going to? Uh, were they driving movies? Like what were we talking? Movies, a movies, a show, dancing at the totem pole. Um, Wait, what? That's an amusement park, and, it's, it's and everybody went dancing there. You yeah. guys went dancing. What kind of dancing were you guys they doing? To, they would have big bands there. Four we lads. All, the four danced. lads were the ones I remember. This was a place That's where right. big they could get big names. Um, but you got to remember, he danced with his date, and I danced with mine. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get yeah. Right. Okay. Anyway. So I went to college and wrote to mom. Instead of the girl he dated. Girl he dated. Yeah, that's and true. as I said. Screwed but, up uh, my friendship. Um, it's a baller move right there. I, I just, <laughs> I, as I said in something I was writing, I traded two friendships in for, for a lifetime. Oh, I figure I came out on the deal. That's was more, than, more than worth it. I didn't even know he knew I existed. It's such a, by the way, that's, yeah, that's beautiful. That's and if fantastic. you asked him then or asked him now, how come you wrote to me? Is no, I, not explainable. I like it though, dad. I like you. You were like, you know, I'm actually going to write to the person that I would like to talk to. That was what he said. Yeah. That seems like the, but at such a young age to have the stones to do that. Sometimes you just know. Josh, I have to tell you that, that, um, This is one comp compliment. I or maybe not be the compliment, but I was thinking of questions that, or I was asking myself about things um, that I don't think many high school kids ask themselves about. Right. Yeah. Well, do you feel like the both of you? Do you feel like um, uh, you've always been fairly self-aware, or yeah, feels that way to me. It feels that way to me. Um, okay. And by the way, just anybody else. I know. What a line, right? Come on, man. That was a good one. Um, anybody else down below? I see Laura and Heather. Okay. Heather, go ahead. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Hi, Mr. Well. Hi. Hi. I read your thing about um, the goat. Yeah. yeah. It was a crazy situation for my. Well, friend. it's up here somewhere. Um, she, actually, she actually had some reason and facts behind um, how you could decide what was if, happening to that goat. If an oh. animal has been penetrated, yeah. Well, I was. I'm, I can tell you right now, there was no penetration on that animal. And I can say, <laughs> it never occurred to me. I yeah. Just never, hey, by the way, for his mother. By the way, guess what, Mom? It never occurred to me either. <laughs> I come, I come from a country that are known for sheep shagging, but the only reason they're known for sheep shagging is because it was a lesser fine to be 
penetrating a sheep than it was to be stealing somebody's sheep. So if you were about to be caught stealing a sheep, you would just pretend to be mounting it instead. Um, so you'd get a lesser fine. Where is that? Where is Wales that? in Wales? Oh, really? Yeah. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Now, Heather, did you have a question? Yeah, my, my question was actually just wondering if Mr. and Mrs. Wolf had any celebrity or Hollywood interactions, you know, through you that, that they that stand out particularly well or that they wish that they had and haven't had yet or interesting. Let, can I can I take a guess at this answer? Yeah. Sure. Neither one of them give a shit. They they <laughs> they, they both like the things that I have done, they're happy for me. They're happy to meet the people that I work with, but neither one of them. I, this is my guess. They, there's nobody they wish they had met. There's nobody that they're like, I'm so glad I was always wanted to meet that. That's not, am I right? Right. Oh, yeah. We don't, Dead on. We, I don't remember ever asking you for autographed pictures. No. From some other people. No, 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 no. Yeah. And I will say maybe the most like that, that uh, David Ortiz roast um, and the, the first pitch at Fenway Park, like, but those were just fun things to go see That's or right. do, but you weren't like, Hey, I got to meet David Ortiz or I got to meet Chelsea Handler or yeah. anything or like that. Cause never, right. Nah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just heard something on the radio. Um, um, we are interested in people for who they are, not what they do. Yeah. 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 You definitely have always been that way. You definitely have always been that way. Um, all right, everybody. If there's no more, Brian, you're the last person left down there who hasn't asked a question. If you don't have a question, no big deal. If you do have a question, raise your hand. And I'll bring you on, but no big deal, my man. Uh, I just want to make sure if you're down there that I'm not skipping you, okay? Somebody wanted the, the coffee cake recipe. Yeah. I mean, do you, want to give, do you want to give up your secret? Like, that's the question, it's Mom. I'll post it. It's from a cookbook. Do, do, you yeah. want, do you want me to send it to you, Josh? Send it to me. I'll post it. And, and not only post it, but give it to, give it, give it to Jake, please. Because that's here. the first question out of his mouth when we came to to L.A. Yeah. When are you going to make the coffee cake, Nana? Oh, listen. There's no doubt in the world that everybody looks forward to the coffee cake. There's just no getting around it. Hold on one second. One last question. Brian, what's going on, my man? Hey, how are you all doing? Good. Good. I was wondering, what's the most like socially or historically altering event in your guys' opinion that happened during your lifetime? Whoa! Great question. Whoa! You don't mind, Brian. You don't mind silence till we sort it out. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Can I, Brian? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you do you mean for them personally, or for like more like a global? No, for I was us. meaning I was intending as a global type of thing, but I, I'll take either answer, of course. Okay, thanks. Uh, that's a fascinating question for me as well. Because you guys have seen, I mean, as far as socially, like when you were growing up, mm -hmm. there wasn't TV. So you've seen the, from the inception of the entertainment explosion and the social. So you've seen every single one, really, which is, 
I guess I've never thought of that before. Yeah, but that, think, think of our grandparents. Yeah. The when they saw a car driving down the road, or actually saw something that stayed up in the air. Right. So for them, that must have been so. Bibi said the car was the one for her. Your grandmother said that. Yeah. Dad, you're so Bibi was his grandmother, and your grandmother said that the car was mind blowing to her. Yeah. Because she was grew up with horses and or buggies and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Hey, Dad, can I ask you what year? What year is that where most everything has moved to cars? Do you know? No, we have to do Model Ts when the Model Ts came. Is that twenties? question what what year is it mom where most things every everything basically moves to cars no more horses oh we never we weren't part of the horses no i know you weren't part of the horses. oh baby yeah baby um, was yeah 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 well my parents my grandfather uh was a peddler with a horse and buggy what do you mean a peddler what do you mean um Bobby's dad he but what a, does that mean peddler what does that mean household goods he went from house to house with household goods Peddling things. Peddling things. B-E-D-D. So, with a horse and buggy. A- and what kind of things were we talking about? And yeah. was it do- true door-to-door, like cold? You just oh, knocked on a door? Door-to-door. Except he got to know everybody, and he would get things that people needed eventually. He was at it for most of his adult life in in and around Hartford, Connecticut. What, what what are they peddling? Like, what's in the back? Soap? Like, milk? Like, what are we... You know, household goods like pots and pans and... Things that clink and clanged. My mother always said they took better care of the horse than the six kids. Yeah. They had to. Yeah. <laughs> she said when they got to a hill, they had to get out of the buggy so they could hop the horse and walk it up. Well, yeah, the car, I cannot see why the car. Oh, changed everything. Changed everything for also for people visually, just to be. Oh. It must, yeah. And it, it also must have changed the infrastructure. Of the country, like you need now pavement. You need roads. Roads. There, for me, Brian, there's a bunch of them. Um, One. Well, Mum is talking about World War II. I had a whole bunch of things in my terms of consciousness of the world, and I can't separate them out because I really think that's where most of my education came from was World War II and the 60s and 70s. Yeah. So I, that's where I learned about the world I was in and it was a big part of my household growing up. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, so many... Tremendous changes. So many forever world-changing things happened yeah. in those decades. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, for me, the the technology piece, which is so important to me, um, that the landing, putting somebody on the moon, started a circle for me that is, you know, uh, and then the other thing, the 60s uh, culminated when we elected a black president. A black president? Yeah, Obama. Oh, the sixties called me. Right, 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 right. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, so those those two things, 
Um, you know, and I think mums were not the technological, but the social things. Um, cultural. Cultural. Yeah. The, what she mentioned. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I have to tell you, like that, Brian, that was a great question, man. That was really a great question. And you really asked a question that I have spent an hour trying to figure out how to ask. And you just asked it. So good job. Um, I will tell you guys, and we're going to wrap it up here. Um, I think we'll probably do one more of these. We still haven't gotten to Amherst, really. Um, yeah. Um, but I will say this, these last two podcasts have been, um, I mean, fulfilling is not the right word, but I feel one, I feel so lucky, you know, and blessed to have both of you here and, and willing and able to do this. Um, you're both, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really, you're so up into whatever age, forget when you're a kid, up into whatever age, you're so wrapped up in you that you forget to ask questions, you know, and I am sorry, this has taken me so long to ask these questions, but I'm truly fascinated and, 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 um, I feel, you know, the more I talk to you guys and the more these, we've done these two shows, the more I see how much of me is you. I, I, I'm not sure that I saw it so much, but how much of me is you guys? Um, you know, I, I, dad, I've always known that like, uh, that I feel like the the storytelling. Like uh, I remember, I, I th you think you're a great storyteller. I remember listening to Puppet tell stories. You know, I really do. I remember thinking this dude is captivating. He was, he had such a. And then, mom, grandpa to me, it's so funny. I reference him. I think more than you know about like. What just a, just a gentleman that guy was, mm -hmm. just uh, just, I, 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 such a unique man. I and I only remember such, just pure kind and love. That feeling of, he would always put his arm around you, kind of man, but like as I get older and I think about you think about who you are more, I really can trace it back to you two. And uh, I, I don't have as many memories of Bubby. Obviously I was a little younger and I didn't spend as much time with her. Um, and I, uh, she wasn't ex as, as a child as accessible to me as grandpa was, do uh, you know, he was a very accessible but I still have some of Bobby's letters, her handwritten letters. Her, her, and her letters to me are so well thought out. She had, it was so clear to me 
every letter I was like, oh, this is a very clear message that she has for me that she would like me to read. And, and so like between you guys and those four, I, uh, I, it's so crazy how you think oh, I'm my own guy. And you're like, well, I mean, parts of me, but there's so much that you're like, oh yeah, there's so many things. I remember growing up being like, I'm never going to do that when I'm a parent. And this is probably in my room when I was crying, when I'm a parent, I'm never going to. And then I did the same thing. And it's funny, not funny, but like, it actually is for me. Um, I don't know what the word is. I'm comforted knowing that I'm part of all of you. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm because I, I, I hold all of you in such high esteem to know that I, I have the parts um, makes me feel good. And so I, I, uh, I can't wait um, for this next one. I, I'm going to see if maybe any of the brothers want to join us on the next one. Um, Dan probably won't be able to, I would think, cause he's working, but maybe Jonathan might be able to. And, um, but, uh, yeah. That could be Jonathan calling now. Is that Jonathan? But, but, um, but yeah, so I just wanted to tell you guys that, and this has just been such a thrill for me to be able to do this with you. So it's a, it's a believe me, it's a thrill for us. I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go, sweetheart. I love you, Mom. Love you too, honey. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll yeah. talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. All right. Remember, I tell you, I think the last time, um, the the opportunity to speak um, with you as son uh, in this way um, is remarkable. The, um, the every Friday morning in NPR for at least 10 years, I think I told you, um, two people sit down, one interviews the other. This is a way more extensive point, mm -hmm. but um, and a book grew out of it. And every interview is in the Library of Congress. The book is called Listening is an Act of Love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, I love you guys and thank you so much for doing this. I can't wait to do it again. Um, and um, yeah, we we uh, yeah, this is uh, this is great. And um, maybe next time we'll talk about how how good the Red Sox are doing this year. Well, it'll have to be two in two weeks. Be good. Oh yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Um, we, we'll take a little and we did this with the last one two weeks ago too so um but i love you i'm gonna jakey's here i'm gonna go uh we're gonna go see um avery has a softball game tonight so we're gonna go over and watch our softball game and you know that um the oakland team um nashville's in the running yeah but if i was had any financial interest in the Oakland team, they should go to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, There's a lot more money there in terms of the, you know, yeah, out less in Vegas, too. Yeah. That is yeah. for sure. Um, all right, Dad. Well, I love you, 
And uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, Tell Me Something Good. Ray Ray, you just rejoined us. Did you have a question? Okay, let me just get her on real quick. Go ahead. Hi, Hi, Mr. Wolf. I didn't really have a question, but I just wanted to say thank you for raising a wonderful son because he's been helping me through some mental stuff. Oh, well, that's very nice. He's, uh, thank you, Ray Ray. You're welcome. Very respectful. Um, well, there you go. And that's a good thing to end it up. Yep. A compliment. I like that. Um, all right. Well, Dad, I love you. And um, I will uh, I'll FaceTime you from the car with Beth and Jakey. Okay. All right. I love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, there you go. Yeah, it's such a. I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it, but it's it means so much to be able to do this um, with them. So. And, you know, part of you is like, I feel guilty that I didn't appreciate how amazing these people were, you know, my whole life. And I think probably most people don't when they're growing up, but I, I feel really lucky. You know, that's not lost on me, not just who they are and how I was able to grow up and the support they always gave me. And, but to, st to still have them both at their age. They're both over 80, sharp as a fucking tack. My dad, hey, if anybody knows golf, my dad shot his age. My dad shot an 82. He beat his age. You know, crazy. So to have them still around and, and um, is so, I feel so lucky. And, and uh, thank you for letting me share that with you guys. It's, yeah, it's it's um, it's something I, I can't put a price tag on. So whew. good stuff. I love you guys. Um, thanks for listening to uh, Tell Me Something Good. And um, I'm in Tampa this weekend and Spokane next weekend. Comedianjoshwolf.com for tour dates. And Kate, I'm sorry. You're waving like crazy. Okay. I, I kind of feel like a douchebag for asking you this after you just, you know, got so emotional on yeah, camera. Yeah. yeah. Um, we talked last week. You said, hey, if I want to drive from Missouri to Nashville on my birthday, June 3rd. Yep. 100%. You put me on the list. We're still all set with that, Kate. All right. I was going to say, I already booked my hotel room and got the car rented. So Let's go. We'll see, what on else June, need to do? we'll see you on June 3rd. All right. Can you put my husband down, please? Yep. A hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you, you for that, being with your parents. That was amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sticking around for the whole show. Thanks, man. Have a great evening. All right, I appreciate it. Um, all right, guys, I got to run. Uh, but um, yeah, good stuff. And um, we'll see you on... Monday night for the high live. If you want to 
see the first hour of the High Live, it's only on Patreon from now on. Second hour with guest will be on Facebook. The first hour is just on Patreon. And that's so that's where the prizes go. That's where we join on screen. That's probably a little more personal experience. If you want to be involved, uh, patreon.com slash Josh Wolf comedy. I also have solo podcasts over there, which are super personal. Also, um, um, I post pictures that I don't post anywhere else. Um, and so I hope we see you guys over there and, uh, thanks again for listening to tell me something good and, uh, I love you guys. We'll see you next week.